Hey guys, it's Renee from Throwing Down with Renee and Misha. On this podcast, we get into UFC 274's main event, Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. We break it all down, plus discuss what is next for both fighters. Plus, I got to sit down and talk to the strawweight champion, Carla Cookie Monster Esparza, fresh off of her victory. Here we go. Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje. This was a uh, hell. I mean, also the fact that this came on directly after Rose and Carla, it was like, whoa, there's so much happening. My brain oh my was God. just like rattled watching, you know, just like the stark contrast between those two fights. Um, you mentioned um, meeting Kelly over the weekend. Kelly, um, you kind of spoiled UFC for me because I was trying not to get any spoilers and I saw your Instagram story that you were still shedding tears over Justin Gaethje's loss so I was aware that Justin did not win but what was it like for you being there seeing Justin in person being there for the for the whole walkout the whole fight for your emotions oh my gosh so I had seen him fight at 268 which obviously went much better than it did last weekend. Also, I'm so sorry about the spoiler. That is horrible. I saw your tweet too, and I didn't even put two and two together that I completely did spoil it on my Instagram story. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I don't know what happens to me like when he fights. Like his music hit, and I was with all of Misha's like in-laws and friends, and they all looked at me and they were like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. Like, of course not. (laughs) The fight ended and Everyone turned around. They were like, because there there were two women in front of me that really like Charles Oliveira. So they were like jumping up and like cheering. And then they Salt turned around. The they were like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. Like, we're so sorry. I was so upset. I cried. I did shed a few tears. <laughs> Listen, that's what sports are for, right? They conjure up these emotions and make you feel a certain way. Uh, and Misha also stalking your Instagram stories. You were in Justin's locker room. What were those moments like seeing him get ready? What was his headspace coming into this fight? He looked really good. I mean, it was just a brief stop by. You know, I don't want like to be that person to throw off the energy of a room, you know. But Johnny, um, my significant other, my lovely, wonderful man who made such a great Mother's Day, um, he's really <laughs> friends with Justin. See within earshot right now? I know. I hope he's listening. Uh, I think he might be. Brownie points for me. Hey, um, but no, he's, he's really good friends with Justin. So he wanted to stop by and say, you know, say what's up and just, you know, give him a good wish and whatever. So we just gave him a hug and no, he looks sharp. He looked really good. I mean, I don't think he's uh, coming out with any excuses. I mean, he just, it's a firefight and Justin is one of those guys. He probably could have been just a little bit more careful. He was swinging for the fences. Yeah, he probably could have been just a little bit more careful. But, I mean, it's not really his MO. It's not really what he goes out there to do. He doesn't go out there to fight strategic game plans, you know, per se. There is a strategy. But you know what I'm saying. Like, where Rose was like, oh, you know, talking about a strategic fight. Well, then I guess Justin would be the complete opposite of that. Because Mm -hmm. that man will set himself on fire just to burn the other person a little bit. You know what I mean? And um, that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you see how scary that is when you give Oliveira any bit of room to grab any part of your body uh, seems absolutely horrifying. And that's exactly what happened with that first round submission. Yeah, I thought Justin was actually going to be able to get it done. I mean, he was my pick going in because I thought the takedown defense I was certainly, you know, the wrestling I sided with Justin. But I did know that even being entangled with Oliveira on the feet isn't completely dangerous like being in a clinch with him because he's like a spider monkey i mean he'll get onto your limbs back. for just, days 
oh, he's so scrappy. But um, there's just, you know, there's been situations where Charles Oliveira has kind of seemed to break in situations that I just knew that Justin wouldn't. But, um, but it didn't even get to that point, you know. It it really and Charles Oliveira just seemed to turn over new leaf. He looked fantastic. He got oh yes, God. he got dropped two times, but I mean, he persevered and um it was cool to see, you know. Uh, I have a lot of great things I think to say about his performance in his fight, you know. He's a very likable yeah, guy. Yeah, especially like you consider the controversy going into this knowing he's been stripped of the title, yeah. he's not going to be able to win the like regain the title tonight. Seems like he's going to be the number one contender. It seems like that's what the conversation was between Charles and Dana immediately after the fight that Charles will, you know, be one half of this fight for the lightweight championship. Um but yeah, I mean, just what does that do to your head? What do you imagine was going through Charles' mind? with all of the shit that happened before the fight. <sighs> had to be a lot. It had to be very frustrating. I mean, when he was on the scale, it looked like he was ready to flex and, you know, he thought he had made it and then he realized he hadn't made it and record scratch. Then the weird controversy about what happened with the scale. I mean, yeah. Dana White even came out just saying that they're going to have to hire a scale security guard. I mean, if that doesn't say something yeah. that there's potential tampering with it. So you know? we kind of chalked it up to. So in this article uh, for BJPen.com saying uh, we have this issue where guys come out and they'll start checking the scale the night before and all the Europeans and guys from other parts of the world, they measure in kilos. So they all start messing with the scale to look at the kilos and and who knows. But there were so many moving parts to the this beast of the machine that we run every week that we've got to have a security guard in there where the scale is now it's something that we're going to have to do. So pretty interesting to see what that controversy yeah. has led to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it sucks, especially if it wasn't, if, if Charles was on, there's the potential of that. And that's why I'm not going to be the I person know. to like jump down his throat. And I, you know, I'm kind of like, hey, you got to make weight. But I just don't know if the scale is not, it's not on and you're cu cutting your max and that it's not on. Like you can't just make up an imaginary number and say that's the weight you yeah. got to make. Like, no, it needs to be <laughs> yeah. accountable. Like we need to make sure that it's correct. We need to make sure everything's accurate. So looks like Dana's going to do that moving forward. But Point in case is um, everybody's still going to see Chandler as the champ. The only thing that sucks about him getting, quote unquote, stripped of his belt, which technically he did, he doesn't get the pay-per-view dollars next time. I'm pretty sure. Boo! That right? sucks. I know. Oh, it's like he's still, like, I don't even think he got it for this one because if he got stripped right. this one and then he won't get it for the next one either, they won't have to probably pay anybody pay-per-view dollars for the next one because there won't be a champ technically. Oh, so, my that's crazy yeah that's a steep that's worse than a fine oh oh my god that's a yeah, yeah that's a gut check for you that's millions um, actually that's millions of dollars that he lost basically if he didn't get pay-per-view for this oh, fight and he didn't get paper he doesn't get it for his next fight either that's millions of dollars on the table because of oh, half a pound god. because potentially the scale was wrong potentially it was wrong could have been wrong let's let's sue the scale company let's talk about that you know, maybe we can just spin something up there. I don't know. Or I've whoever watching, tampered with it. I've been it. watching too many trial cases lately. Um, where does this, uh, where does um, Charles Oliveira rank for you in, as far as GOAT status goes? And does Ooh. this, does the, does the weight, the scale situation, um, you know, kind of change your perspective at all? I, yeah, I can't, I can't, I'm just going to, I'm not going to um, hold this one against 
uh, Oliveira. Although he, you know, he has missed weight before. This is not his first time, but yeah. but I can't, if I wasn't there, I don't know. I know that other fighters said that there was an announcement made that the scale was off and, you know, um, and I, and, and people were probably going to make the argument that, oh, you know, more fighters would have missed weight if it was half a pound over. But, but as I mentioned, a lot of times, a lot of fighters do cut an extra half a pound as kind of like an insurance policy. So it may not be, um, I don't know. I, I can't really, I can't hold this one. There's just too many grays in this area. So I'm not going to hold it against him. He's still the champ in, in my mind. Um, he's going to, he's, paid the price you know by not being stripped and then also like i said probably the money that he's not going to generate because well a little update here saying that uh, dana white has confirmed that charles Oliveira will still receive pay-per-view points for ufc 274 okay. despite his weight weight miss so but probably not a, the a next slight, one yeah yeah we'll, like well that's 50 percent better probably yeah, yeah so we'll take he, it he, yeah, we'll take it. Yeah. Good. Um, what's next for Justin Gaethje? Um, where does he go from here? I mean, when you're zero and two in your first two attempts at the title, what do you do? I think you start looking at fights that are just fun and interesting. Um, you know, and and also I always say, well, let's look at changing weight class. Let's just see what the landscape looks like, sure, right? Sometimes shake it you're up zero a little and two. Bit. Yeah, look at it doesn't look good at 145. I don't like the style matchup with uh, Volkanovski um, and yeah. also having to cut that weight. And then you think 170, it's just such a big jump. I just don't think he's built like his frame. Like Justin's just not like a big guy. I don't know if he could yeah. necessarily change that. So um, I think he stays at 155. Um, I I think possibly running it back with uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, although I think Rafael's already booked, so that might little bit be a little bit of a wait. I don't know. Does Justin want to take some time off? Does he want to get right back in there? What do you think uh, about um, a rematch or with um, uh, or sorry with uh, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, add Conor McGregor into the mix? Do any of those kind of tickle your pickle? I definitely like the Conor McGregor thing. I would love for Justin to get the Conor McGregor rub. Look, um, as a fan, I think that the fight with Dustin Poirier was fantastic. I, I certainly wouldn't mind to watch that again. But it's kind of like, do we really want to put that kind of wear and tear on both of these guys? Because they're both capable of enduring so much. And they're both, I just think it takes so much fight life off of them. Like, would we rather right. see them have some fresh matchups than like run that one back? Cause they're just going to beat the living tar out of each other. And that might be it yeah. for the rest of like, they're done. Is that really what yeah. we want? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these guys are kind of getting to that second ladder part of the career. I don't know. I look, it, it would be a great fight. It was a great fight the first time, but I kind of look at this. Like I'd rather have those guys around a little bit longer than sure. have them That's beat the point. ever living piss out of yeah. each other another time for our it's, amusement yeah yeah so <laughs> i don't know like maybe connor um uh michael chandler sure we could run that back i feel like it's kind of a little soon for that um I, i'm struggling a little bit here which is i guess i don't know maybe maybe let some time be taken off like maybe justin can kind of hang tight for a little bit he's been really active and just kind of see how the division yeah. shakes out because i'm not he's sure i have a really yeah. clear answer um maybe there's an, some other fighters if we dig into the 170 that are a little smaller for the division that might want to have some fun catchweights like it seems like the ufc is more open to doing this catchweight stuff now yeah. never used to be a thing but i'd be down to shake it up like let's see what we can pull from 170 maybe do it at a catch of 160 and yeah yeah have some fun with justin 
Um, so Dana White said that should Oliveira win, he would be one half of the vacant title bout. So we know that we're going to see that. But what? What's going to be? Who uh, should be the who's, other who's across half? the octagon I from have him? Some ideas. What do you think? What do you think <sighs> yeah. about the idea of Makachev? Well, that's the obvious one. I think that yeah. it's like if you're looking, if you're if you're looking to stay in the lightweight division, if you want to stay at 155, that's the fight to make. Mm-hmm. Um. However, I think what I want is for Alexander Volkanovsky to move up. But Ooh. he has to beat, I know, he has to beat Max Holloway in order to do that. Um, but if he does beat Max Holloway, the 145 division is kind of a little standstill right now, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just seems superhuman. He's got really fast hands. He's got phenomenal wrestling um, that fight would be so fun to watch, you know, and especially as these guys just pick up the momentum as they look better than they've ever looked. I just think that fight is the one to sell, you know, because then you could sell it as like, is this the great, you know, the winner of that, is it the it, the greatest fa- fighter of all time? And is yeah. Makachev as much as I, what a way to am, bill it. That's like some right? WWE WrestleMania shit. This is the exactly. greatest match of all time ever. No pressure to anybody. But... Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but is Makachev, I don't want to rush him into a title fight, to be honest. I think that there, especially after we saw the last fight, you know, that there are th- <laughs> some things that, he could still improve on whether that was even just focus you know even just focus like sometimes just learning to stay the course like GSP was one of my favorite fighters of all time because he could stay the course no matter what Islam Makachev is a fantastic fighter future champion I believe it but when you rush these guys and you put them into situations that they're just not quite ready for sometimes their mentality hasn't caught up to their skill set and they're just not quite married in it all And there's something to protecting these future stars as well. I mean, when you see someone, you know he's got championship material written all over him. But let him marinate. Let that moment when it happens be as impactful as possible. And, yeah, let him kind of come into his own a little bit more. Yeah, I I think that he should fight, uh, stay the course, fight Benil uh, Dariush in, in, uh, I think, October is when they're going back over to uh, Fight Island. So let that fight happen over there. Let it play out. Um, Does Charles Oliveira want to stay active? If so, uh, let's see how the Max Holloway-Alex fight plays out and then put that fight together that could certainly happen before October or hell, even on the same card, like yeah, they could even happen on that card, you know. And then you're pushing, you know, Islam Makachev there. Yeah, I, that's the route that I would go if I could have it my way. Um, Kelly, you've got a hypothetical situation here for us. I do. So I've kind of seen it on social media, and it has piqued my interest a little bit. So let's say Dana and the UFC kind of stick to their guns. We see Islam Makachev but fight Benil Dariush as planned. Islam Makachev wins. Let's say Islam Makachev fights Charles Oliveira and Charles Oliveira beats him. Do we possibly see Khabib come out of retirement to fight Charles? I mean, everybody at Lightweight seems to be chasing that ghost of Khabib Nurmagomedov and his greatness. Is this somebody that could lure him out of retirement? I was just having this conversation with John while we were watching 274, and I said to him, like, what's it going to, like, 
I, I, I kind of assume with, you know, fighters may go into retirement. When's he coming back? It must happen. This must be a thing. What's going to lure Khabib out of retirement? I understand Khabib's a different cat for sure. Do you think that we see him come out of retirement? I hate to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> I hate to be the bubble burster over here, but, <laughs> but I don't think Can we cue the crowd way? feed from that Rosa Carla fight right now? Cue that in. <laughs> but I don't think this is the fight, and I don't think there's any fight. I think Khabib is so. I just don't think he's emotional about this situation. Like, I don't think it's like a fight that's going to be like, Ooh, that's the one I want to come back for. Like, I really think if he were to come back, it would have to have a come from like a ground up, like from himself, like, you know, he's very religious. I think he would have to have, you know, something to do with like his foundation with his religion, then his foundation with his mother, then his foundation with his family, the sacrifices, obviously. But I think it all would come from him wanting to. I don't think there's any fight that we could make on this planet that's going to be like the fight that makes Khabib come back. And I So th- Khabib's I just think not a mark a- for himself is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I don't think that he is. I just think it's going to be on Khabib's time if we ever get it. And I don't think there's any magic potion or fight or matchup or goat that's going to pull him out of you know retirement unless he just says fuck it I want to fight again (laughs) (laughs) but here's what I will say okay so maybe it's not this fight with this hypothetical fight with Oliveira but you do think that there could be a situation that will eventually bring Khabib out of retirement he's a beefy boy right now too he's got a packing some pounds back there my bet is no, that he doesn't come out of retirement, but it could happen. I mean, I took five years off and yeah. I came out of retirement. I certainly didn't think I was going to come back. How old but is Khabib? What's, how old is he? He's around 30-ish. Yeah, 30, right? Young, young 30s. Yeah. He's not it's very... Of time. I mean, he's, he certainly time. has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a lot of time. So... 33. Look, he might. He might. But, but I just think that... He just seems to have it figured out. Like he just seems to really have have done it all, like done everything that he wanted to do. I don't feel like he's leaving any stone unturned. He's got his fight promotion now. He probably gets to spend more time with his family yeah. and doing the things that he loves. So it will only be if if something like if he feels like he's missing some missing it again. Something, you know, yeah. that's what Get I that really itch. think. Yeah, we'll 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 turn it around for him if if he really wants to, but it's a lot of dedication. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of sacrifice. And when you've done it for such a long time and he gets to leave on a high note, who does that? Yeah, That's like pretty, walking pretty away epic. from the gambling table when you're like way up, you know, it's like nobody yeah. does it. It's like, it, imagine if they did but like, Oh, I should have walked away when I was, you know, up so much, you know, nobody does. Right. They always wait too long and he did it right. And he left on top. Yeah. That's why people are still clamoring for him, but it's nice. Like they'll probably be clamoring for him for a really long time. Cause I don't think, I don't think he's going to come back. That's just my vote. Well, I'll continue to take my vitamins and say my prayers to the fighting gods and, and hope that maybe, maybe, maybe something will get that itch. Come on. <laughs> come on, Khabib. We want it. We need it. You never know who'll step inside the green room with Danny Green. One of the premier bus drivers of the 90s, one Mr. Charles Barkley. Listen, Kevin Durant's a terrific player, but he had a chance to be the bus driver, and he's never won a championship when he wasn't one of the other guys. And I was just trying to make the point, hey, you don't get to make excuses when you don't win. That's just the way it is. 
Listen, subscribe, and review Inside the Green Room with Danny Green on Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you get your podcast. The new strawweight champion, Carla Cookie Monster Esparza. Carla, how are you doing? I mean, coming out of this weekend, you are the new champ, two-time champ, and you're getting married so soon. This is like, it's all coming up, Carla, for you right now. For sure. This hands down is going to be like the best month of my life for sure. Like all the best things are happening and I'm so stoked. I'm, I'm definitely on a high and it's going to just keep getting better next week. What was your, uh, what was your reaction while you guys are waiting there, both you and Rose waiting to see whose arm is going to be raised up. I mean, you guys went the full five rounds. This came down to a split decision. Uh, What was your reaction to hearing your name announced? I mean, you know, those moments waiting for a split decision are always like, they seem like they go on forever. You're just like, just say it. Like it's, it's very, it's, it's like a stressful, it's a stressful moment. But when I heard that, when I heard him call my name, I was just like, yes, I felt that I had won the fight, but you just never know with judges. And I felt like they made the right call. So I was stoked. How did it feel for you guys in this fight? I mean, there's been a lot of criticism in terms of, what went down during the fight or maybe lack thereof? How did it feel for you guys when you were in it? Did you feel that that was the case as well as you were feeling each other out? Yeah, most definitely. Like it was such an odd feeling in there. It felt like almost like it wasn't real. Like I was just like, is this really happening right now? Like even in, it was going through my head. I'm like, I'm throwing punches and like nothing's landing. Like on either side, I'm just like, what's happening right now? Like this is such a strange like feeling and fight like you know and and as the rounds went on I'm like is this seriously like still going on like I almost like was in disbelief like in the midst of the fight what were um what was sort of the strategy in terms of for you to try to like get her down uh to take her down to the ground what was going on with your with your corner and whatnot in between the rounds with what those conversations were like well, you know, we were just, you know, waiting for her to like come in or just trying to, you know, press the pace on her. Cause I was trying to come forward a lot too. I was like, if she's not coming to me, I'm coming to her. But she just was like keeping that distance like the whole time. And every time I'd like flinch or like try to come forward, like she was, she was gone, you know? So it was really, it was really kind of hard to make anything really happen, you know, because it, yeah. you know, it takes two partners to dance, you know? Yep. What was uh, what was the reaction to hearing the booze and stuff like that from the crowd? Is that something that really gets in your head or like what is that like to push that out of your head during a fight like that? I mean, such an important moment for you and trying not to react to what's going on around you. You know, uh, it doesn't really get to my head much. Fortunately, being a veteran of the sport and have having many, many fights in other people's homes, Mm -hmm. hometown, I haven't fought in my home state even in 12 years since like my first two fights so you know that's not as strange happening for me you know it's never fun but I think being a veteran you kind of um you know you have to be very like smart and patient and not let the crowd affect your game plan and make you get too emotional because I feel that when people get wild and they're just the crowd's pumping them up and they're just like I gotta move and jump in and you set you set yourself up to get knocked out yeah, no, no doubt. Um, have you watched it back yet? I did, in fact, watch the fight last night. Yeah. What did you think of watching it? And what did you think about the commentary during it? 
you know, it, it was, it was pretty much what it felt like watching it. I was just like, you know, not much was happening. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think I barely even got tired or broke a sweat. Even I was expect, I was mm-hmm. prepared for like a high intensity a battle, like, go, go, go pressure fight for like five rounds. That's what I was prepared for. But, you know, and like hearing the commentary, like, I felt that, um, you know, they were being, they're being honest, you know, about the fight. Like it sucks. I mean, they weren't telling me something that the crowd booing wasn't telling me either. So I wasn't really surprised at what they were saying. The only thing for me is I felt they were definitely like a little bit more biased, like four rows, especially like in the, in the first few rounds, I was just kind of like, okay, but I'm used to that, you know? So, you know, whatever. (laughs) Uh, one other thing I'd love to get your reactions to is uh, Jessica Andrade. Uh, did you see her tweets? Have you, have you been um, on the I, old I Twitter machine? Did you see what she was saying it, to you? you know, just, I know that she was like talking crap, but that's not something new from her, especially like to me. She just, she's always kind of like tried to like, Carla, Carla, Carla. Like, I remember back in the day, you know, she even posted like, pictures of my face from my story and like this girl is a scared face like you know she's no like screenshots yeah it was so weird like it was so weird but she made them as like actual posts and you know she was just like oh this is this girl is scared and you know and I actually I was like (laughs) dude I have like screenshot multiple screenshots from my manager like when are we fighting when are we fighting I'm waiting for a date waiting for a date and I mean the fight never happened like although I confirmed that you know I would take the fight um but you know whatever I mean if we end up fighting we end up fighting I mean at the end of the day like to keep it real she she can't she can't hang at 125 she's never going to be champ at 125 so she feels like she needs to cut a crap ton of weight and come down and try and fight other people and that's fine you know I'll I'll fight whoever I always have I've never turned to fight down in my career so that being said you are the straw weight champion. What do you want next? What do you want your next fight to look like? I know you've got lots of things coming up with your wedding and your honeymoon, and we'll get into that in one second, but you as champion, what do you want to see this championship reign look like? You know, for me, I'm always, like I said, I'm down to fight whoever. Um, there's a different, there's different motivation for fighting like any of anyone who's, who's in line. I know that Whaley and Joanna are set to fight that's a potential fight. You have Marina Rodriguez, who's already like put in so much work. It's, you know, like we fought on fight Island, but she's come back and she's been on a tear and been beating people right and left, like really, you know, really tough opponents. So I think that she's definitely in line for a title shot or, you know, it's like you have people coming out of the woodworks, like Andra was like talking crap and coming down to weight class. So, <laughs> you know, whatever. Do you, like, <laughs> do you have any interest in a trilogy with Rose? I mean, I don't know necessarily like that's the fight that, you know, the UFC or the fans would want to like have again. But yeah. I mean, I, I'd fight her again if if that was something that she wanted and the UFC wanted to put on, I'd be down to fight her again. All right. Well, you heard it here first, everybody. We'll see what happens. But up next for you is getting married. Here's the good thing. I mean, coming out of this fight, how concerned were you going into a fight a week before getting married. This is crazy. Were you so worried that you were going to have like a black eye and like little like knots and everything all over your face? 
Yeah. I mean, I think any bride going into her wedding wants to like, I hope I don't get a pimple on the day of my wedding or like something. I'm like, I hope I don't have like a big gash on my face and, you know, bumps and bruises all over and a huge hematoma, you know, um, it crossed my mind, but at the end of the day, I wasn't going to let the fear of getting hit, like stop me from fighting the fight and, you know, doing everything I needed to do to get the win. And I went into it knowing like, Hey, if I get, you know, tabbed or whatever, like it is what it is. Like I, I need to take chances. I need to like, I need to win this fight. Um, so it definitely crossed my mind. And after the fight, I was super relieved. Like, yes, like <laughs> clean face. <Woo>! You know? <laughs> what was it like when you get the phone call and you get the date of this fight and you're kind of looking at a calendar and you're like, Oh shit. I'm like days away from my wedding. Like, was there conversations that you were uh, having with your partner about that? Most definitely. Um, when I initially got the word of the fight, I thought I was going to have to wait a lot longer because we had already been waiting so long and it had been seemed like it was dragging on. I was like, I think we were both hungry and anxious to fight. And then when they got, I got the word automatically, I was just like, yes. And then it took a second to sit, to sink in. I was like, oh man, like my wedding is the week after. I don't know what to do. Do I cancel my wedding and redo the whole thing? I had this plan for like eight months. I've already sent out invitations. Like, what do I do? Um, but you know, the, the words of support from my fiance, um, were just super amazing. Like I just, I told him my concerns and he really was supportive and basically told me, honey, when I asked you to marry you, to marry me, like I knew what I was getting myself into when I asked the fighter to marry me. Bumps and bruises, <laughs> like you're beautiful no matter it what. It would actually be kind of awesome. Like if your wedding photos were just like your face all bashed up. Be yeah. Kind of epic. Well, I know. Well, I don't know. That sounds <laughs> kind of bad. Like did the hubby do that to you? Like, no, no, no. Like- <laughs> oh God. Oh my God. Guys, we are joined here by the straw weight champion, Carla Esparza, uh, coming off of a, you know, a victory over this weekend. You've got your wedding coming up, but also your honeymoon. What's the plan for the honeymoon? So for the honeymoon, I am going to Bora Bora and I'm going to chill in an overwater bungalow and lay down and not do anything for a week because this last yes. couple months in fight camp and wedding planning have been insane. What kind of food are you going to be indulging in? Is that like such a thing for you after a fight to be like, give me all of the food? Oh my gosh. I am such a huge foodie. I already, I just, I just scarfed down like two cheeseburgers and French fries, but I'm like, my girl. I got I to eat healthy from now on because I got to fit into my wedding dress on Saturday. So <laughs> I got to chill more salads from here on out. <laughs> you're getting there. You're getting there. Uh, before I let you go, what's your reaction to um, the scale controversy that happened this weekend with Charles Oliveira with that half pound? Oh man, that's, that's really crazy. It's funny. Cause I was actually in the room um, when, you know, some of the UFC uh, staff was coming in. I, I, I walked into a room to check my weight and I had to recheck the weight when I initially got into my scale and it was the same. So I was like, cool, I don't need to be coming up and downstairs and checking my weight. So when uh, it was like the morning of the weigh-ins the night before, basically, which is when everybody's doing their cuts and I'm in there and I'm about to step on the scale and they're like, hold up, hold up. Like something's messed up. Like we got to we got to check this. They bring another skill in and they're doing stuff. They're going checking the real scale, going back and forth. Like it's crazy. And by the time, you know, they, they, they said they had it kind of under control with, there was already like 
five other fighters in their camps waiting to to step on to just to check because you know people are closed weight cutting yeah. is hard so um fortunately i was on weight and i didn't chug a bottle of water because i thought it was good but yeah. i that'd be scary if you cut a lot of weight i mean as a lot of people do in this sport just a half a pound even can make the biggest of difference yeah, it's, I mean, it's so, it's so crazy. I mean, just seeing like the news headlines come out about this and, you know, and then just watching what that main event was, it was incredible. So where does Charles Oliveira rank for you in terms of GOAT status? He's, he's a phenomenal fighter, you know, miss weight or not. It was a, it was a unique situation. So I try not to judge too harshly. Of course, I'm a wrestler, you know, making weight isn't an option. You make the weight. But mm-hmm. I mean, there are circumstances sometimes I still think he's he had an amazing performance. I mean, wow, to do that to someone like Justin Gaethje is very impressive. And yeah, I and I'm and I'm curious if he's going to have to pay the fine because technically, you know, wasn't all his fault, like you know, lots of using. Yeah, I know. And to be stripped like that, like how heartbreaking that sucks. But at least uh, now we know at least he's going to be, you know, one half of this lightweight championship bout. So we'll just see who's uh, standing across the octagon from him when that time comes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No one likes, no one wants to see a person lose the belt on the scale. That just sucks. No, God, absolutely not. Well, Carla, thanks so much for hopping on with us. Congratulations on becoming the strawweight champion yet again. Congratulations on your wedding and enjoy those cheeseburgers and some Bora Bora. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Special thanks to Sirius XM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and Sirius XM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.